This is Jim. And this is Jen from The, the Hidden, Hidden Swing. Swing. At TheHiddenSwing.com. And at Hidden Swing on Twitter. You're listening to The, the Blissbringers. Welcome to our Blissbringers podcast. The materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities, and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school, but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops, and tips. Allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself, what's your pleasure? Welcome back, everybody. Today, we are rejoined by Mr. Bill, who interviews a friend of his, Lily, who sort of did India for a year. You'll hear more later after this news. Naughty News of the Week. Exciting news. The fine people and friends of the show at Burlesque Toy Shop are running a campaign to finance the creation of a brick-and-mortar store. They are an online store, well, currently, selling only hand-picked quality sex toys. You can check them out at toyshop.blissbringers.com. And if you use the coupon code BRINGMEBLISS, you even get 20% off on every purchase. So check them out at toyshop.blissbringers.com and support a worthy cause. Today I'm here with Lily Lightheart, who is a very good friend of mine. And I've known Lily for about three years now, since we met at Birding Man. And Lily has become one of my very, very good close friends and lovers. She just came back from spending all of 2013 in India. Lily, the whole time I've known you and we met at Burning Man, you are quite the free-spirited young lady. Is there any way that you would describe yourself or talk about your sexual orientation? I believe in living a life I love. And so I really want to experience the most amazing encounters with many, many people. So I'm sort of thinking I do a lot of swinging, having sex with a lot of married people with their spouses there. <laughs> and it's pretty much the um, hmm, milieu of my life. I see. So you would consider yourself to be a free sexual of like the early 60s sexy. Yes, I was born like 30 years too late to have that happen. <laughs> Lily, what made you choose India and why did you decide to go? Well, I just came to this point where I wanted to live a life I love, and that life is traveling. India is fascinating to me. I know about these temples that have erotic carvings on them, and I hear in the news media all this stuff that happens in India, and it seems like a, a very conservative society now. And so I was really curious about the difference between being able to carve things on a public space and how the culture is now. And how did you pick India? Did you just read about it in a book and decide to pick it? Or did you have a friend that had been there that had uh, told you about it? It just seemed really fascinating and economically viable. Well, I remember that uh, I put you on an airplane to head you over there and that you were meeting up with a friend of yours, who we shall call Stephanie, and you were meeting up in one of the big resorts. How did that go? Yes, we went to Goa, 
which some people consider fake India, because you can actually wear bikinis there. Like in the rest of India, you wear your clothes in the water. But it's okay because you don't swim. You just sit on the shore and let the water run over you and whole families of people do this. But from where I come from in California, you actually swim in the ocean. So when we went to Goa, it was really like a smooth entry into India for me. It was very, you know, my friends were saying, what's it like? I'm like, it's like Mexico with cows on the beach. Cows on the beach. Yeah, there was cows. I have all these pictures of these cows. I'm like, and then I went to this other place later on in the trip, and I'm like, it's just like Monterey, California, except there's goats on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were over there, besides going to see the temples and things that you wanted to, was there any other personal interactions that you were looking for in India? I was just really curious about the whole society. And I was willing to forego my usual like sexual intrigue for the travel adventure because those are like the three things for me is art, which would have been the temples, and then travel, which is India. And sex, not so sure about (laughs) there. (laughs) So if if Goa was a place for you to have a smooth entry into the culture of India. How smooth was your entry into your personal relationships? Well, that was very entertaining because there's all these shops that are owned mostly by Kashmiris and they come down from Kashmir seasonally and this is their life. They live in their shops and or behind the shops and their relatives are all there and they're very flirtatious to get you into the shop to buy things. So it's an inviting way, like, come into my shop, looking is free. And so I would. And then they'd offer you chai, which is this Indian tradition drink. Of, it's tea and it's in shot glasses and it's a sort of social thing uh, to do. And so we'd sit in their shop and it, it felt like being in a treasure chest because it had all these beautiful jewelry and shawls and carpets and clothing. And it was just really fun to just be there. And they all spoke uh, English because they were used to interacting with tourists. And so once you were in the shop, they would try to sell you stuff. Most of them, it turned out, which I didn't know this at first, are just flirting. And that if you're forward with them at all, they always find an excuse not to interact with you at that level. But the very first one, he was more adventuresome. And so we had quite the interaction beyond the shop. Where did you go? Well, we can't be seen, right? Because of all these society things and family pressures. And there's a, so we met out on the beach in the dark. So it's a public space and there's, you know, other people on the beach and there's also fishing boats on the beach that are rather large and they cast a lovely shadow underneath the bow. And so this is at night. So this is a moon shadow. Yes. And um, we went down to underneath in the shadow and I laid my shawl down and we were kissing and um, I sort of jested that maybe he could kiss me between the legs. And so he was like, okay. And so he did. And then it turns out that's the first time he'd ever done that. Oh my goodness. First time for oral sex. (laughs) And then... 
We were in the shadow and then we hear this noise and these people come tromping down the beach to do a puja, which is a religious ceremony that they light candles and they pray for whatever the situation is. Not like 10 feet from us. And we're like, okay. So attention went to Eddie's instantaneously and you had to sneak out yes we we sort of wandered out only after he threw some sand on them because he was mad that they were interrupting us (laughs) (laughs) well did you finally get to complete the act we did find another boat and i was leaning against the bow of the boat on the edge and he was behind me and that was very forcefully delightful because i have a solid thing to be against and he was in his 20s. And was this the first gentleman that happened to make your very special picture book? Oh, yes. Well, my picture book, it started to be, of course, the people I went all the way with. But then events occurred where sometimes we didn't actually get to the act. So I had to change the the description of what these people were. When I put my little movie together, I can't be, it can't be all the people I went all the way with because they didn't go all the way with all the people due to circumstances of them (laughs) being virgins or someone going to come in or their family going to know about it. No, 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 no. Lots of excuses to not go all the way. So I've redefined it as people I got intimate with. I see. Now, was the 20-year-old shopkeeper the first uh encounter that you had? Was that the first picture in your book? So my girlfriend came over on the plane from Europe and she met this guy. And so he showed up for dinner and we were all chatting. And and then she and I were like, are you getting any sexual vibe from this guy? And she's like, oh. And I was like, me neither. And I was like, whatever. We had a nice time. And then I was like really concerned with my computer because all the recharging it because all the plugs in the hotel look very scary like wire coming out and stuff but he was staying at the nice hotel he was from uh, austria and he had the nice hotel with the nice plugs and i said oh may i recharge my computer in your room and he was like sure and so we went up and it was this bamboo uh second story room with a hammock and inside was this beautiful bed with pristine white sheets any sheets are kind of hard to come by in india they just have the base sheet and then the blanket that's not really the blanket and i'm always asking for two sheets so i when i saw i'm like oh my god you have two sheets and they're white and he had the the mosquito net and then all of a sudden we were in there i just don't know how that happened so turns out he did have a sexual vibe after all good good so he was the first one in, in to make your picture so you and your friend Stephanie, did you guys both just uh, stay in Goa or did she leave after that? Well, we had a lovely two weeks in Goa and people kept saying, oh, you should do this and you should do that. But we were like, we're on the beach <laughs> and we didn't see any really reason to move. So typically our day was we would get up around eight and head down to the beach and put our sarongs on the lounge chairs. Then we'd go up the hill to the outside yoga studio with a view of the ocean. And we would do yoga for like an hour and a half. And then we'd head back down to our lounge chairs and order breakfast where the waiter would bring us our breakfast on the beach. Hmm, very good. 
So we stayed there for a couple weeks and quite then, imperial being serviced on the beach. Oh well, my God. at least for food. I love colonialism. I mean, I cannot believe I'm saying that coming from California and the equal opportunity, everything. But it was like our lounge chairs were like maybe four feet from each other. And the waiter brought the bread and handed it to my girlfriend. And then I was like wanting a piece of bread and she couldn't, we couldn't reach each other with the bread in between the two lounge chairs. So the waiter took the bread from her and handed it to me. Love imperialism. (laughs) (laughs) As long as I'm on the lounge chair side of it. I see. So eventually you uh, left Goa and you went out into the countryside of India. Where was the first place you went? I went to the Kumbh Mela, which is the largest religious festival probably in the world. And it's the largest Hindu festival in India. And there's, it takes place over six weeks. It's in four different cities every 12 years. I went there for like five days and visited with 10 million people that show up over that time. It's a religious festival where people of all different Hindu sects come and um, worship. And the rivers, it's where there's two rivers converge and a third like spring underwater river all converge, which makes it very significant for religious things like renewal. And and there's a tradition of you do five dips on the most auspicious day. So I arranged to be there on one of the most auspicious days and take a dunk in the water. And so then you're all purified. And Now, did you meet anyone at the festival? Well, yes, I did meet an, a guy from New York who was staying at my same, I guess they're camps. They're very fancy camps. And he had just flown in from New York for three days and then back. That was like, he's like Mr. Jet Setter. And so within the three days, we palled around and we went all over the place together among all these people taking photographs and having a good time. Did he make the book? Oh, yes, he did. Was he good for the book? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was a fabulously romantic time. The people go across the river and to get to um, the most auspicious place. Uh, we go on these boats and they wait on the boat until everybody pays their like 25 cents or something to get on the boat. So you have like, you know, 10 people on the boat, but he paid for just the two of us to go on the boat across the way. I see. And Did anything just... happen in the boat between the two of you? Oh, no. It was quite the religious experience. Oh, okay. We were just there and it was just like this romance and it was just all feeling very mm, delightful. Now, I I understand that you uh, kind of snuck in behind a British uh, film crew. Oh, we got up at three in the morning to watch the Baba Nagas, who are these naked religious men, and they cover themselves with ash. And they're like the crazy part of Hinduism. and, And they just, that's the way of life is they go around the country, you know, and be, be naked religious. and covered with ash all yes. the time? Yes. All right. And so they all come out at a certain time, and nobody knew, but it was really early in the morning. So we got up at 3 in the morning, and we walked down there, and then it fenced off where all the Babanagas are going to show up, and they go running like this 
ancient like tribal thing and they're painted and they're naked and they're running and they have these beards and long hair and a lot of dreadlocks and they're just like, ah, you just really don't want to run into them at a bar. And so <laughs> we were across the behind the gate and then the BBC comes through and they were like pushing and we're like, hey, we're standing here. And then it turned out they had passes and they were trying to get in over the and they could because they had passes. And so then we just tagged along with them. So we went running with the Baba Nagas at four in the morning and took fabulous pictures. It, it was just an amazing experience. I see. So eventually now, Lily, you are done with this big religious festival and you're out and about in the countryside on your own. What was a typical day like for you? You would get up in the morning and go visit all the temples and look at all the erotic art and then find some young man and Shanghai him back into your room at night. Is that how it worked? <laughs> oh, no, no. They can't go into their into your room. Like the hotel people will not let you bring young, adorable men. <laughs> you can't uh, bring their gentlemen back up to your room. No. See, when you meet the gentlemen, they have to know some hotel place where I would pay six dollars for another room that they knew the hotel owner and so the hotel owner would let us in together and so then we would be at this other hotel and stay until he either needed to get home because his parents were expecting him at a certain time for dinner or there would just be some sort of conclusion uh very satisfying sometimes (laughs) (laughs) sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and is this when some of the people made in it into the book and others made it to the book but you had to change the title for it yes there would be some very shy virgins who were just not up to the task all the time but they still made the picture book just because they were like so adorable and i just called it you know the lily lightheart intimacies and how were the men in India as far as their romantic lovemaking abilities? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's so few opportunities for them that they're interested in getting off and that's it. It's sort of a one-way perspective. There isn't too much consideration for me. So if you were to put on your favorite record for the period of this pleasure, it would be the 45, not the long-playing LP, right? (laughs) Yes, there's much urgency in um, how things go. Tell us about uh, visiting the temples and the erotic art in the temples. There's this one town called Kajarajo that has many erotic temples. And so I went there first off after the religious experience. I went these temples. I was so curious as to how they could be there from the 9th, 10th, and 11th centuries. So I go there. They're carved up into the temples very high up, like on the second story. So some of them, they're sort of hard to read. Like you could see them in the books. They're very clear, like the pictures of them. And then you're like, oh, they're kind of way up there. I guess though not everybody can notice them or something. And then they have them on the inside also where it's very, very dark. So you sort of need someone to point them out to you and also a flashlight so you can see the guy doing the pig and the guy doing the horse. The guy doing the pig and the guy doing the horse. <laughs> they were separate temples. Oh, and one okay. was on the inside, one was on the outside. 
Mm. I think that gives a whole new meaning to the phrase, put lipstick on a pig, doesn't it? <laughs> that you're having way too much fun. And once you went visit the temples, then would you go back to your hotel and find another gentleman, or what would you do? Yeah, the day was sort of like I would get up and um, have breakfast. The breakfast are usually included in the hotel. Then I'd go out for a couple hours, see the temple, and then it'd be really, really too hot. So I'd come back and have um, lunch and hang out in my room. And then I'd go back out in the evening, especially in Kajiraho. It's a tourist town, and they're used to tourists. And there's not that many people that go on their own, but I did. And so there would be all people would also come up to me, the young men, because um, they're sort of free to do what they want until they're like 30. And then they kind of pressure to get married. Then that's sort of their life. So these young men would come up and oh, just be very flirtatious and ask me out for chai and then one thing would lead to another, and I would end up buying another $6 hotel room. <laughs> but we always had to be done by 10 o'clock. They eat dinner really late, so they had to be back for their families because they, they can't say where they were. <laughs> when you were being in the same town, did you ever run into one that you had uh, had fun with the night before with another one you were having fun with then and kind of pass each other in the night? Yes. After two weeks, I had to leave town because I'd had everybody, and they all knew each other. <laughs> You were a busy girl, weren't you? <laughs> so what about the hotel you were in? Did you ever have meet any of the, the hotel keepers in your particular hotel that uh, interest you? Well, actually, that works out really nicely if the hotel guy is playful because they're already in the hotel. <laughs> and you don't have to find another room. That's right. And all the employees sleep in the lobby there. They don't go home there. They're all the time anyway. And so it's easy for this particular one who was, as soon as I saw him, when I got arrived at the hotel, I'm like, oh my God, stay away from him. But no, of course not. He was just so young and so beautiful. And he didn't speak English that well. Um, he understood English, but he didn't speak it that well. And that was quite convenient, except he couldn't let his boss know, right? So that was also clandestine. So then I'd leave my room unlocked and then he'd show up and spend the night and then, you know, he had to get up early when the whoever the hotel guest showed up and he'd leave the room. So that would be a very fun time. What was your encounter with a, a particular elephant that you showed me a picture of? <laughs> so there's elephants in a lot of the temples and you give them a coin in their trunk, which they take and give to the keeper and then they bless you. So you get blessed by Ganesh. There's, so there's like these live elephants everywhere. And you can also go to these places that um, they wash the elephants. And so you can get on the elephant and scrub and their hair is kind of a little bit bristly. And you can sit on the elephant and then they, they give you a bath. They take water in their trunk and they spray their back and you get all soaking wet. It's amazing to be in that kind of close contact with, with nature. In all of your travels, did you ever have more than one gentleman in a particular day? They all have friends. Ah. And they all have friends who have very few opportunities to actually be with a naked woman. But I was in Varanasi, which is the most religious place 
in that they do cremations there and they've done cremations there for thousands of years. And it's actually the most continued lived in city in the world. So it's very touristy. And any place is touristy. There's these young men who they're just waiting to help you out to be your tour guide, to take you on the river. Varanasi's built on the river and there's this sort of boardwalk and there's these giant metal umbrellas that you can sit under and they have benches there. And so there'd be just men there and they would talk to you and be sociable and be flirty. And, and so we ended up going on the boat on the river with four of them. And so we went in the evening and we went across the river to this island and we parked this and they're touristy boats that if people were sitting, you'd probably hold like 20 people and they're wooden and they're rickety. And we went across the river. And they have a motor on them or you're rowing them across? You're rowing them across? Yeah. Now, is this another colonialism thing while you're sitting there and the the boys are rowing you across (laughs) the river? Did you feel like a princess? Yes, actually. Quite the princess. Because also they take you out, you go... The tradition is to go at sunrise and do a puja where you put flowers and a candle in the river and make your wish or your... Well, we know what your wishes were. (laughs) Yes. Oh, and then there's each god has their own animal. And so one of the gods has a bull. And if you whisper in the bull's ear your wish, it comes true. So we were on the river and um, we sort of parked the boat on the sandy shore in the reeds. And there was four young men in their 20s. And then three of them went off because they're not into group anything. (laughs) <laughs> so they wouldn't they didn't even want to watch no um one of them came and the others all went off up into the sandy beach hill and we did it in the boat and uh, on the floor and it's not as comfortable it's the wood and i put my shawl i was like my one rule about india is never ever ever go anywhere without a shawl and so i had my shawl and so then we were doing it on the boat with condoms all this is done with condoms and I brought a bunch of condoms and I didn't know if they let me through customs or not. So I put them all over my luggage in different places so it wouldn't look like I had like, you know, 500 <laughs> condoms for the year. <laughs> you can also get condoms. And actually, one of my little adventures was in each town to just go buy them just for fun to see. <laughs> see what and you get them, get? Yeah, and you get them at the pharmacies. So you have. Did you ever get turned down at the pharmacy from buying them? No, no, actually. Yeah. But I was doing it only in like tourist towns and places that had pharmacies with condoms. (laughs) But they have a a lot of different flavors. They have a lot, which I can't imagine why, because I don't think very many people have oral sex. (laughs) (laughs) So they never taste the flavor of the condoms. I know. I was talking to this one guy, this married guy, had like a 12 year old and. You know, I asked my my usual question, would you like to kiss me down there? And and he was like, oh, no, I've never done that. And I go, okay, well, how about me kissing you down there? He's like, I've never done that either. <laughs> and I was like, how much do you have sex? He's like, well, like 15 minutes, like twice a week, and we don't really take our clothes off to do oh, it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> So anyway, I'm back on the river with the first guy, and then he finishes up with his strawberry condom, and it was like tag team. And so then the next one came down, and it was entertaining because they were all like different. Like that guy was really muscular, and he was just like, he was flying. And then this other guy, and I was sort of giving him a blowjob, and then we were trying to, you know, adjust it, and he was 
like kind of shake and I'm like, you know, what's up? He's like, this is first. So all of a sudden I had all this empathy for these people who were not exacting things perfect the first time. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and there's always these lovely stories too, you know, of it was their first time or they were. So you, you went through all four of the boys. Yes, I did. And then they started on their second round. Oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> But by this time, I was getting a little chilly, and the mosquitoes were coming out. And I'm like, okay. okay. We're done. <laughs> we, we, we can't go back to our room, my room, because of the hotel people won't let us in. Right. And they can't, and they don't live, everybody lives with their family, so you can't go there. Now, did these four people make it into the book? Ah, I think I was able to get some photos. Oh, yes. good. Because I actually did see a couple of them another time I actually went back a couple weeks later oh i see that. so yeah they round got two me with the them. hotel they got me the hotel uh, that they knew their friend and then that owner was like hey how about me <laughs> <laughs> yes i do feel that i gave them the time of their life well lily anything else you want to tell us about your sexual adventures of india that uh, come to mind here immediately well they were just all amazing and i really just got to the point where I was being a gift to them and was open to whatever would happen. And I, I got rid of my all my stuff of, hey, you're supposed to please me. And um, just in general, being able to celebrate a joyous interaction with someone, even if it didn't go all the way, like it looked good and it started out good. Like I'd get to the blowjob in the shower and then I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to go to the bed and do it. But no, he timed out because it was 10 o'clock. He had to get back. <laughs> yeah. So it really gave me like a full appreciation for events and sexual encounters to be anything, even not consummated. And it's just uh, a free experience to have, to allow it to be whatever it is. And the colonialism between having the bread brought to you four feet away and being rowed across the uh, uh, river. And wasn't there once a little time when you had a little trip up a mountainside in a chair? <laughs> so there's these caves, these ancient caves that are in these cliffs. And, um, and you have to trek up these like stairs that are fine to do it, but it's really hot out. And so there's these men. They did have their shirts on, but they hold chairs for you. There's four of them, and you sit in the chair, and they put it on their shoulders, and they carry you up to the ruin. And then it goes along, and they drop you off at this certain cave. The caves are dug into the hillside, and they have beautiful frescoes and paintings on them from a really long time ago. And then you look at that, and then they're like, okay, let's go to the next one, and you jump in and then I, oh, and it's very hot. So I had my umbrella. So I was sitting in the chair, the wooden chair with the padding on it under my umbrella. And the other tourists were like, how does it feel? And I was like, it just totally feels extravagant. I see. And did you, made, did you meet up with any of these uh, young uh, chair carriers later in the day? No, but I did do the bead seller. <laughs> the bead seller. All right. Quick. One last story about the bead seller. Well, I was at the other temple and he comes up selling me these beads that are very beautiful stone beads and that sort of thing. And he tells me that he 
likes to do that he has a male lover from another country and i was like oh and i think it was telling me that so like i'd feel safe that you know he like only like men or something like that and so i would talk to him was what i made up but it turns out he goes and i also do women too (laughs) (laughs) so we went up to the back of the caves and of course since that's his territory he knows all the like 30 caves of where are touristy and where are not so touristy. And so we went And some up. privacy. Yes. Not that I needed it, but, you know, he knows everybody around, so he can't let them know. Exactly. And so then we went into the cave with the ancient Buddhist, Buddhist sculpture there. And were, these, were these erotic Buddhist sculptures? No, they were just... Just know, religious. Religious mm-hmm. cross-legged ones. And so I was up against... The Buddha's face, my face with him, and then my <clears throat> beat seller friend was behind me, and so. Like, so, did you feel like you're having a a religious experience with the Buddha in front of you and the beat seller behind you? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. All right. Good job. Well, Miss Lily, thank you very much for your conversations here. Thank you. Thank you. Shoutouts. This podcast recommendation goes out for Jim and Jen at The Hidden Swing. Welcome to The Hidden Swing. Located in the best hidden playground in the world. My name is Jim. And my name is Jennifer. We look forward to sharing all the experiences, good or bad, that this lifestyle has to offer. So come on, let's take turns playing on The The Hidden Hidden Swing. Swing. Check them out at hiddenswing.com. By the way, if there's a podcast that you think we should mention, let us know. Email info at blitzbringers.com and we'll include it in one of our next episodes. And that's all that we have time for today. Make sure to visit us at blitzbringers.com and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, we're doing the contest again. If you leave us a review and mention the word pleasure, not only will you be doing us a big favor, you will also be entered to win very cool prizes. Next up will be a one-year membership for Lifestyle Lounge. Where can you put those reviews? Well, for starters, on iTunes at itunes.blissbringers.com. You can review the Android app at android.blissbringers.com. And if you're a Stitcher user, you can go to stitcher.blissbringers.com. Thanks for your help. Until next time, what's your pleasure? All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned. 